Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here and if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
And good morning. It's good to see those who are here this morning, and it's good to be with those of you who are online with us this morning. We are still pretty much online. We are uh, still doing our safe uh, COVID uh, uh, distancing and worshiping primarily online right now. So uh, we'll continue to do that through next week. The deacons will be meeting next Sunday after the uh, worship services. And we're going to kind of look and see how things are playing out uh, number-wise, case-wise in our county. And uh, if we think it's kind of best to open back up uh, in a fuller way uh, for Sunday. But uh, uh, we'll let you know as soon as uh, we can kind of have a safe idea of what to do. So keep that in your, in your prayers. So deacons, don't forget also uh, to mark your calendar to be here next Sunday after the worship service. There are several uh, announcements that we do uh, want you to be aware of. First of all, uh, Harvest Sunday is going to be uh, November the 22nd. And on that Sunday, that's, uh, well, typically high attendance Sunday, and that's a little hard to do in COVID day, uh, in our COVID age. But we are still pushing our uh, harvest offering. And every year we uh, set aside something extra special to do for the Lord in, in way of showing Him our thanks. Uh, something that uh, would be to his honor. And we have decided this year that uh, the project that we need to undertake is the restoration of our piano. That's, uh, it's 49 years old, and uh, like everything else that gets on up there, it, it, it is worn out and needs some uh, TLC. Uh, we've got some estimates on getting it completely uh, restored uh, back to its uh, previous glory, and that's going to run us just a little over $9,000. And the church voted in the last uh, business meeting to do that, also to take that offering uh, that comes in and uh, offer it up and commit it to not only the Lord's glory, but also in honor of Miss Clovis Sanderson, uh, who has been uh, uh, one of our musicians uh, so faithfully uh, and for so long. And so a way of just kind of honoring her years of service, uh, we're dedicating that uh, offering uh, to, to, to her service as a testament unto the Lord. So all that's uh, November the 22nd, just uh, you can uh, send it in by mail, do it online or uh, any other way you can get it here, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly take that. There are a couple announcements uh, that we want you to be aware of. One, uh, John Cole has lost a stepmom and that's Miss Anita Cole. She's been on our prayer list for some time. There's visitation at Ronk Funeral Home today from five to eight. And then the service is 11 o'clock tomorrow, so make note of that. And then also Josh Simmons, uh, who's pastor over at Crossroads Baptist Church, lost his father, uh, uh, Mr. John, last night. He had been battling cancer himself. As a matter of fact, the last time that we had our piano tuned, Mr. John came in and, and tuned it just uh, several months ago. So uh, keep Josh and his family in your prayers, uh, if you will. And then I've had a lot of people ask me about the Christmas shoe boxes. Now, Samaritan's Purse is encouraging for uh, people to go online and to do it primarily online. You can go on, you can pick out uh, the box, you can pick out the items that you want in the box, and you can do all of the, the postage fees and those kinds of things. You can do it all online. And, and their fulfillment center, uh, they feel like, is going to be a little bit safer than everyone just... Uh, sending boxes in from all over so they're really preferring it done that way however they are still 
accepting boxes. So if you have a box or you need a box, you can just uh, see Brian. He knows he's got the boxes, and we will take those up. Uh, but they will, those will need to go in probably before November the 22nd, uh, and, uh, and we'll take care of those for you. But uh, you can also go online, Samaritan's Purse, and you can do it online, and, and that might be an easier way of doing it this year. So those are the main announcements and, and prayer concerns today. But this morning also we want to have a time of special recognition and dedication. Uh, because of COVID this year, we didn't get to do uh, some of our children dedications that we've done in the past. And one in particularly this morning is Mr. Tripp Byron uh, Rice. I want to ask Mom and Dad and Toby and Tripp, will y'all come on up here? Lauren's already up here. Let's do it on this side. That, that'll work. All right. Tripp is, what, a little over a year old? Is he, he turned one yesterday. He turned one yesterday, so he is a big boy. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's think about this moment together. And this has been a moment that God has uh, had play out in his word in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The child that you hold is a gift from your Heavenly Father. And uh, before you have the thought of the child that you have trip here, uh, in your mind, the Lord had already determined his life and that you would be his parents. This birth is an occasion for celebration and reflection upon the goodness and the, uh, the blessings of God. If you agree, would you say God has truly blessed us? God has truly blessed us. God has blessed us. Ain't that right, Toby? And Scripture commands you as parents to teach your children about the Lord Jesus. It's only then that you can adequately equip them for the challenges that life will have. And you can uh, meet the needs that uh, he will have through his life. God has charged you with your child's not only general welfare, but spiritual welfare. Uh, and specifically telling him about Jesus and his love. It is the words uh, of your mouth, it is the actions of your life that will prove out God's love and saving power. So the birth of your child needs to inspire you both to have a greater resolve to love the Lord and to seek Him first in your life. If you agree with this, would you say, we are so committed? We are so committed. And as a church, we are the family of God, and we have a, a place alongside this family, as well as other parents, as uh, helping them, encouraging them. We're not just spectators. We're to rise up to that challenge and we're to prove out that uh, what we preach and, and sing and worship in the Lord Jesus Christ at church is to be lived out in our home. And if you will commit to that, those who are here and those online, would you say within your heart and spirit this morning, we promise to be that family. And as a family, we must be willing to hold each other accountable, to confront each other, to pray for each other, to encourage each other. We've made this commitment not only uh, to ourselves and to you, but unto the Lord. And that is the promise that we will keep. If so, church, congregation, would you say, we will? We will. Would you pray with me? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, it is with great honor this morning that we get to come and we get to officially dedicate trip unto you it has been the practice in your faith uh, and in your family lord uh, going all the way back into the old testament 
uh, to take that child and to give that child to you. Not just for blessings upon that child, but Lord, for the blessings that come in our world when a, when a life is truly committed and connected to you. We pray for uh, mom and dad. We pray for Toby. We pray, Lord, for them as they just seek to, to give you uh, their family and to commit to you first uh, priority in all things, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Trip, we want to give you your New King James New Testament. Got your name in it and everything. Y'all give uh, Trip a hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God bless you. All right. One more announcement. The, the youth ski trip, we have scheduled that. We're still going as of right now. The sign-up for that has begun, and it is open to just the youth in our church until the end of November. Uh, um, December 1st, we'll open it up to, to kids outside our church. But uh, just be signing up for that. If you have a friend that would like to go, they can be put on a waiting list. But it is, it is so good to see you all here today. So let's stand together as we sing uh, Lily of the Valley. songs are about Jesus being our friend over in the book of, of uh, Genesis it tells us that God called Abraham his friend he talked to him as a friend
chooses to come out to us. He is our, our uh, fortress. He's our provider. He's our defender. Who shall we fear if we, if we know him as our Lord and our Savior?
there with us. You never leave us or forsake us. You know everything that we're going through. 
You know, that we're going through this, this COVID, you know, that everything's going on with the elections. Lord, there's nothing that has just snuck up on you. You're the God that's in control. You're the God who reigns. You're the God that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord of lords and King of kings. And we just uh, we can't wait for that day that you reign victorious, Lord. We just uh, pray that you'll continue to bless our service this morning. And again, we want to tell you we love you. We thank you for loving us and dying for us. We ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. You can be seated.
Thank you, Ms. Teal Catherine. I don't know what impresses me the most, uh, such a, a, a big voice coming out of such a little, little bitty package or just the confidence by which she sings uh, what, what you sing. I mean, I, I really know you believe what you were singing about in Jesus, and I appreciate that, Ms. Teal. Take your Bible today and open to Matthew chapter 11, and as Brian has told you, the whole service this, today has pretty much been on Jesus, the friend that we have in him. And we've been in our series, The Heart of Jesus, and we've been looking at the heart of our Lord and Savior, and we talked the last couple of weeks together about some of the things that we find in our Savior's heart. We find that we have uh, an intercessor in our heart, that is, we have a uh, a Savior who prays for us constantly, 24 hours a day, uh, every minute of the day, every second of the day, every time that we draw a breath, our heart is beating. Jesus is praying for you and for me. Then we also talked about last week, Jesus, our advocate. And we said there is that uh, idea that Jesus comes and when we are accused of uh, by Satan for whatever, it, it was something maybe we... Uh, have done. You know, we said last week, sometimes Satan accuses us of things we're not even guilty for because he wants for us to have a guilty uh, mind. He wants for us to have a guilty conscience, to feel less than secure in our faith. And we don't have to worry about the accusations of Satan because as a child of God, Christ is our advocate when we need him. And it is in those two thoughts this morning that I want us to carry it a little bit further and talk to you about what we find in Jesus because we do find in Jesus that he is our friend. Now listen to what Matthew tells us and these are the red words of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's Jesus talking here and uh, speaking. And here's what Matthew records in verse 16. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We have the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. And that was the commentary that Jesus had on the day in which he walked this earth. And let me just say that nothing's really changed since that day because you know, people are still you know, celebrating the good, mourning the bad, and just kind of going through life without really understanding the great need in connecting with God. And then he connects that uh, commentary uh, to John the Baptist, who was his forerunner, and then to his own life. He said, for John, that is John the Baptist, came neither eating or drinking, and they said, well, he has a demon. In other words, John's uh, thought, John's uh, look upon life was deeper than just what was going on in that trivial part of just living every day out. He had a a, a real burden about connecting to God and connecting others to God. And that, then he says, the Son of Man, speaking of himself, came eating and drinking, and they, look, they say about him, look, a glutton and a drunkard. And Jesus says, now I came, and I'm a little different than John. John was removed from uh, uh, life, and they said, well, you know, he's, he's just an odd crackpot. He's got a demon in him. He's something off about that dude. And Jesus said, I came and I've connected you, with you 
in, in every area of your life, eating and drinking and, and living. I mean, Jesus lived just like you and I lived. He was human in every way that we were human. And he says, you didn't accept that either. In other words, you said, I'm a glutton and a drunkard. And now here's the part for this morning. He said, many of you have said, well, I'm a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. In other words, I'm a friend of sinners. I'm a friend to those that need to be rejected. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Jesus says, what I have done and how I've lived is justified by my actions and what I'm here to do. It's been said that a dog is a person's best friend. It doesn't seem to matter whether you uh, are good to your dog or not good to your dog. They have just this innate, I guess, drive to love you anyway. You know, there are times that I'm on the outs with my family. Sometimes uh, we're just grumpy people in our home, and we don't get along with each other. Probably a lot like your house. But I will say about our little girl Zoe, doesn't matter if I'm on the outs with my family or not, or they're on the outs with me, she still loves us all the same. Someone has said, if you have a million dollars and a dog, you have a million so-called friends and a dog. And they said, if you lose a million dollars, you will find that not many of those million friends are left, but you at least still have a dog. You know, the dog doesn't care about money, doesn't care about titles, doesn't care about your position, doesn't care about privilege. All the dog wants for, for itself is to be what? Near us. Now think about that. If you speak their name, you make that dog's name, uh, uh, make that dog's uh, uh, day. If you pet them on the head, they think they've died and gone to doggy heaven. They, they love us with a, an unselfish, undying kind of love that's as constant as the sun is going across the sky every day. And I suppose, I guess it's true that among all of the animals in God's vast kingdom, there really is no greater friend to people than a dog. Well, I want to say to you, the good news is we have a friend, and well, he's a uh, I will say he's every bit as good a friend to you and I as our dog would be, and that's Jesus. And that may sound bad on the surface, but when you think about it, dogs are pretty good. And I want to say to you this morning from the Word of God, and also from my own personal experience, that Jesus is more than pretty good. He is a friend to the end. He is a friend at all times. You know, the sad truth is not everybody would feel that way in life or have that kind of experience, devotion in their human friendships. Listen to a few people who spoke about friendships. Some you will perhaps know, some uh, you may not know, but they've been uh, famous for different things in their life. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, of course, you would, you would recognize from American history. But listen to what he said. Friendship is but another name for an alliance with the follies and the misfortune, misfortune of others. Our own shares of miseries is sufficient, he says, why enter then as volunteers into those others? That's a sad outlook on life, isn't it? William uh, Hazlitt said this, Old friendships are like meat served up repeatedly, cold, comfortless, and distasteful. The stomach turns against them. 
That was his view of friendship. And then Samuel Johnson said, the most fatal disease of friendship is a gradual decay or dislike hourly increased by cause, causes too slender for complaint and too numerous for removal. Those three fellows thought that, you know, friendship was brittle and weak and a waste at uh, the very least. But the good news is not everybody sees friendship in that same vein. There are others who have really appreciated what friendship is. And uh, like Joseph Addison, he said this, the greatest sweetness, the greatest sweetener of human life is friendship. To rise to this is the greatest pitch of enjoyment. It is a secret which but a few, he said, discovers. Aristotle said uh, to the query, what is friend? And his reply, a single soul that dwells in two bodies. And then the great poet uh, and uh, literary uh, writer Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson said, a friend may well be reckoned the masterpiece of nature. Well, I want to say this morning that you and I find the master friend in Jesus. We've looked at Jesus in his heart. We've seen his joyful heart, his compassionate heart, his selfless heart. We have seen his sympathetic heart. And I want you to see, as we peel back another layer this morning, his heart of friendship. But what does it mean that Christ is our friend? What does it mean to us that he is a friend of sinners? You know, someone has said that life is like a journey. I think I said this to you a few weeks ago. You know, it's, it's, it's on that sea of time between our birth and eternity to come. And, and this journey of life, as we go through it upon this sea, we'll make friends and we'll lose friends. We mentioned at the uh, beginning on the outset of the, the service, our prayers for John's family and for Josh's dad. You know, loved ones leave us and go to heaven. We lose a friend. We lose a companion in life. And as we live our life, we'll make friends. Little trip, we celebrate a year old. He's just on the beginning part of his journey. And he's got a lot of friends that he's going to make in his life uh, as he goes through. But there is one friend who's always there, who's always constant, and that's God. And when we wonder about whether God sees us as his friend, and we said this last week, you know, we can see Christ as either our friend or foe. But when we understand that he is our advocate in all times, we see him then what? As friend and not foe. Christ is our friend. And his parting words to the disciples, we looked at that a, a few weeks ago in John 15, was to tell them, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you what? Friends. And so Jesus has an open heart as our friend. But more than that, he has open arms as our friend. In Jesus, we are, we, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. Sometimes we get on the outs with folks, maybe our spouse or our children or our parents or our brother or, or even a neighbor, and, and they don't want to be around us. They don't want to see us. They, they, they don't want to talk to us. But dear friend, you, do you know that Jesus will never treat you that way? There's never a time in your life where Christ is going to reject being in your presence, reject being a friend to you. He is a true friend. 
And I want to give you at least four reasons today that I believe that, that come out of the Word of God, but not only the Word of God, let me say out of my own experience with God. Number one, Jesus is our sacrificial friend. We mentioned John 15, listen to a, a section of it, verses 12 and 13, and these are the last words to Jesus. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone lays down his life for his friends. Most all human friends have a limit to what they're willing and able to withstand. Let's admit it. Most of our friends in life are, are friends up to a certain point. What if there were no limits with your friend? Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? I, I'm, I'm not a guy that takes pain very well. I mean, I've often, you know, had moments in my life where I experienced some pain. And I've come to this conclusion, and I've told my family, I love you guys, but I'll give you up. I mean, if, if I'm being tortured, I, you better go, because I'm going to tell them where you're at. If, they, you know, if that's the big secret, you're on your own, because I don't know if your dad can, you know, and your husband can hold out that long. You know, pain hurts, and I don't like it. And, you know, I, there's, a, there's a limit in our life sometimes to our friendship, isn't it? I mean, you think about it. We, we like to think that there's no limit, but in the human side of things, there's there's often just only so far we're willing to sacrifice. But you know, Jesus didn't have a load limit. There, there was not a point where he could be broken. There was not a point in which he was not willing to go the whole way. We know that when we go to the cross, we see that Jesus, he, he suffered sacrificially. He suffered, suffered personally for us. And the sad truth is that most everyone that makes a friend usually makes a friend what? because of what's in it to some degree for themselves. You ever thought about that? I mean, think about your friends, those you really call friends. There's probably something that you're getting in return, or at least something you hope to get in return. And, and I doubt that you would call someone friends who, who don't give you anything in return at all. But with Jesus, he, he didn't get anything in return. There was no extra benefit coming back to the Lord to be our friend. But that didn't stop Jesus from choosing to be our friend, choosing to be sacrificial to us. Jesus gives us in return the one thing that we need most, and that's eternal life. Jesus is our sacrificial friend. There's no low limit. There's no benefit back to him. He just simply loves us with a sacrificial heart. A second thing about Jesus and, and his friendship is that Jesus is our sure friend. Listen to Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Jesus is our friend because he loves us unconditionally. We said there's no limits placed upon his love. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that there is nothing that can separate us from his love. There's nothing that can separate us from his friendship. Listen to what the Bible says over in Romans uh, chapter 8. And in verses 39 through 30, uh, 31 through 39, uh, the writer of Romans gives us the everlasting love and friendship of God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, and we regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers or things present or things to come nor powers or height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll challenge you to see if you can come up with something that you could put in there that would be a separation from God. I have done that. I've, I've sat down with those verses and I looked at everything God listed and I tried to come up with something maybe God hadn't thought about that might could separate me from his love. And to this day, I've not been able to find it. Jesus is our sure friend. We may walk out on him, but he never walks out on us. He is always there because he has promised. And every promise that Christ has made, Christ keeps. Even the best parent can hope to keep their promises. I have found in my life there have been times that I've promised my children and I've truly intended to follow through a promise that because of life or just circumstances, I didn't always keep those promises. Maybe to be at a ball game, to come see them play or to cheer them on. But work or circumstances, just a flat tire kept me from getting to that promise. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that Christ has ever promised you and I in his word that is, that, that is going to be unkept. Nothing. There's no circumstance. There's no being. There's no other something that is mightier than God. I want to tell you, he is a sure friend. He works. A third thing about the friendship of Jesus is he's our steadfast friend. Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One of the most painful things that we can experience in life is what? When a friend betrays us. Do you know it? Jesus has experienced that. Jesus experienced that with Judas, certainly. Jesus loved Judas. Jesus was a friend to Judas. Jesus never uh, 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 in any way uh, let Judas, Judas down in his love and commitment to him. But yet Judas, what? Betrayed him. Betrayed him with a kiss. Stabbed him in the back. But it wasn't just Judas, though, was it? It was all those disciples. Even Peter, who had boasted, I will never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. Guess what? Denied the Lord three times. Jesus knows what it is to be betrayed. Proverbs uses this word companion. It's really another word for friend. That word conjures up the image of someone who's alongside of us in this journey that we have, this journey of life. And the truth is, we're on this journey from that moment that we're born 
all the way through to eternity. And as we sail, there's a companion with us, and that is Jesus. He is the constant, steady, steadfast friend. Jesus is not just the idea of friendship abstractly. He is the actual friend in our life journey. You know, he's not just the idea of a friend. He is our friend. Let me say to you fourth about Jesus being our friend. He is our supportive friend. Listen to these verses, Matthew 11, verse 19. For the Son of Man came to eat, uh, came eating and drinking, and they said, Look at him, uh, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified in her deed. Matthew tells us, that we read a few moments ago, he is a friend of sinners. That, that thought is what? He's supportive. That's what, to be, uh, what a friend is. Listen to Luke 19, verse 7, speaking about... Uh, you know, that wee little fella, we, we, we know his name, Zacchaeus. And when they saw it, they all grumbled and said, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Psalms 100, Psalm 103, verse 14, For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. When all the world walks out on you, there's Jesus. Jesus is willing to come into your life and be your friend. It doesn't matter how messy your house is. It, it doesn't matter how distressed your life is. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter how hard it is on him to be your friend. He still stands at the door of your heart and knocks. And he asks, can I come in? All the world may want to walk out. All the world may want to turn their back on your door. But not Jesus. He is steadfast. And finally, Jesus is our sharpening friend. I like this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverb 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. That's what Jesus does for us. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews has to say. Hebrews chapter 12 uh, and then verse 6 and, and, and going through verse 11. For the Lord... Uh, disciplines the one he loves and chastens every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you uh, have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who discipline us and we respect them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of the spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time, and it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Rare is the friend who will come to you and get in your face. Rare is the friend who will come to you and tell you you've, you've blown it, that you've made a mistake. One of the greatest lessons that I've learned in my ministry uh, is that there is a real danger in surrounding you with what I call yes people. It's easy to do. It's easy as a minister to, to, to want to call people uh, into the 
the service and the work of the Lord that agree with you, that, that, that always take your side. That's not a smart thing. You need to surround your, your, your life with real friends. And, and sometimes real friends challenges us. That's what the Lord does. Trust me, there are many a times that, that God has chastened me and challenged me and corrected me. And, 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 and those aren't pleasant times. But those are profitable times. Let me say to you as we close this morning that the friendship of Jesus is sweet. It is the sweetest thing I know. And in my prayers, when I blow it, when I mess up, one of the things that I often pray is, Lord, forgive me for letting down my friend and denying you and sinning against you. It's always helpful to remember that Jesus is my friend, not just my Savior. Jesus is constant. He's always there to hear my prayer. Jesus is constant, and he, 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 he's also committed in all the conditions. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times when I pray and I talk to the Lord that I'll tell Jesus, Lord, you know I'm praying this prayer, but my heart's not really in it. I've got this attitude or I've got this struggle and I'm, I'm honest, Lord, I don't want to let go of it. And you know what? Jesus is there and he's going, I get it, Chris. I know you better than you know yourself. You're not telling me anything that I don't already know about you. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you're being honest with me because I'm your friend. And I'll still be the iron that sharpens you. He is the friend who sharpens us. Jesus walks through us through every moment of life, from the moment that we open our heart to that knock that he gives, till we draw our last breath in eternity, he is our friend. You say, when's that last breath? Well, I don't know. I don't think you can find it. It is forever and forever and forever. He is there in our ups. He is there in our, our downs. He is there in our good. He is there in our bad. And he has said, no, no, no. I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. He is our friend. And let me say to you, let me say to you online this morning, you have a friend in Jesus if you want one. If you want a friend, you need a friend. And if you don't know Jesus, let me say you need his friendship because he's the only friend you'll meet that has the answers to eternal life, to life to come. And unless you accept him as your Savior to be your friend, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But what Jesus offers and what Jesus gives us is, is more than just in the now. It's for eternity. What we begin to experience in the now, we live out in the reality of the eternity. So, coming to Jesus for salvation, coming to the Lord for eternal life is really easy. It's like asking somebody to be your friend. When I was a young fella growing up, we moved into a house just off of East Chester, we had, had moved out somewhat into the country at that point. Um, 
and uh, there was a huge field at uh, the back of my house and there was this white fence it was uh, our, our house backed up to what was called the old Schaefer Farms there uh, in Jackson and across the the way across the field there was another house and at that house there, there, there was a big family the Balkums they had six boys their youngest son was a fellow by the name of David we moved in there and I could remember going out to that fence getting up on that fence looking across that field at those boys playing football and baseball and, and, and just everything climbing trees and doing everything it looked to be fun all I had at home was my little sister and she, she was alright but I, I wanted, I wanted a, a friend my age another guy that I could run and kick and wrestle and and just, you know, be a boy with. I remember looking across that field. Wishing, wishing, wishing. And I remember the day that my mom came out to the fence with me and she said, Chris, what are you looking at? And I said, I'm looking over there. That looks like fun. I wish I could have that fun. And she said, well, won't you walk over there and ask her? To be your friend. I said, Can I do that, Mom? Can I can can I go ask him to be my friend? Sure. You can invite him over to your house if, if he wants to come. And so I walked across the field. And you realize I didn't get very far across the field, and guess what? He started coming in my direction. He said, I've seen you over there. I said, I've seen y'all over here. What's your name? My name's Chris. What's your name? My name's David. David and I have been lifelong friends ever since. I did his dad's funeral. Did his wedding. He and I went to school together. Our first jobs at Baskin Robbins Ice Cream were together. I can't tell you the things that David and I got into. Shouldn't uh, tell you for I'd, I'd get in trouble. One of the big greatest things I ever did was to walk across that field to make a friend. But as great a friendship as that is, let me tell you, the greatest friendship was the day that I gave my heart to Jesus and he moved in on the inside. And he stands at the, the door of your heart and says, let me in to be your friend. And that's all you have to do is open the door and let him in. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we come to the close now, we come to this time of invitation right now uh, in this prayer. Lord, today we want to pray we're your friend. And if someone has not invited you into their heart to be that, that friend that, that Jesus you so want to be with them, I pray today that they would just would open it up and say, Lord, come in. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Savior and be my eternal friend who is all those things the Word has said to me that you have promised to me and that I need. Lord, today we thank you for being that sacrificial friend that you laid down our, your life that we can have eternal life in you. 
Our prayers are lifted up today. Jesus, in your name, amen. We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you. And we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.